Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Charlotte Fuller with me all the way from the UK. How are you, Charlotte? I'm doing great, Rosaline. Really great to be here. Let me tell you a bit about Charlotte. She's an expert in helping companies adopt the latest industrial digital technologies. She earned her master's in international business and has more than a decade of experience working with real world organization. As a specialist in helping industry leading organizations strategically adopt emerging technologies, she has experienced the many challenges that so often come with being an ambitious woman in a typically male dominated environment. She is now on a mission to support female tech talent to build the confidence, skills, and mindset required to thrive in their tech careers. Ooh, I'm excited to learn. <laughs> how did you start your career and how did you get to this mission, vision-driven place that you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, started my career, I had a bit of a, a mismatched career, to be honest. I've done a lot of, lots of different things in tech and an advisory. Most recently, I, you know, I'm an independent consultant, essentially, as, as we've just mentioned. So I support those organizations with really adopting new digital technologies. Prior to that, I worked for Incorporate. So I worked for an Accenture Microsoft company, and I sat within their advisory sales and consulting team, which was both great and interesting experience. <laughs> so to tell you a little bit more about that, of where I how I got from there to here today. So as I came into that environment, you know, because I work in obviously technology, but also with more industrial type companies, there tends to be very few women knocking around these types of environments. And so generally, you know, that was, that was a, a not, you know, not a bad thing at all. I've had really wonderful, been in wonderful teams with great guys. However, Towards the end of my more corporate career, that shifted a little bit and there was a, a shift in leadership team and a new team of leaders, of male leaders came in and it was a very different culture to what it was before. And so the women that were in this organisation at the time, um, some of them got pushed out of leadership positions. It was a very sort of, like I said, interesting experience and place to be in. And what that essentially did was I found that I was pushing very, very hard in terms of my, you know, traditionally more masculine doing energies. And as a, a naturally high achiever, that was being pushed to an extreme. So we were, you know, pushed into achieving and working very, very hard all the time. And what that caused was a little bit of basically a burnout across the team for quite a few people and specifically for myself as well. So I ended up taking some time out of work and re-established myself as an independent consultant. And I travel the world nomadically and, and work for myself. And I also run a training company to support women in tech with the confidence and mindset skills that they need to thrive and, and be successful in, in these types of environments. And also support organizations to close that gender gap so it doesn't happen to other people. And in a nutshell, that's pretty much where, where I came from and why I'm here today. Wow. So it sounds like your journey was really one that took a, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, I want to go start my own business or yeah, I'm having a, it's not such a good time at work, but it sounds like it was really for your mental health. 
that you had to find something different to do because of the situation there. So tell us, Mm -hmm. as you were in the storm, what are some of the coping mechanisms? What are some of the things that you did to deal with the place that you were in? Yeah, and it's a really interesting question because at the time, I didn't have many skills (laughs) to cope with it, and that was the problem, right? So um, what I had to do was, once I left... A big mission of mine was to understand, well, how do I stop this from happening again? And how do I stop this from happening to other people? And so then I began to understand what some of the skills were that I needed to leverage. And so some of the things that, you know, I did was really concentrate on some of the the things about kind of regulating nervous system, first of all, and taking care of myself primarily. But then also looking at, well, what caused this issue in the first place? And of course, we can understand that, yes, there was the organizational side of things and the culture there. But also what I realized was that I wasn't quite confident enough in myself to be able to handle some of the situations. You know, I I wasn't able to communicate boundaries necessarily to make it clear what I could and could not cope with and just kept on taking on more and more. I think we can all probably resonate with with doing similar actions such as that. And so what I did was I took time out, I reassessed the situation and I kind of moved forward with it and, and learned those tools. Now, if I think about something actually I did when I was in corporate to support me at times when I, I didn't feel confident necessarily because some of the times, even before that working position, I was often in situations where I would have to present to CEOs, CIOs, you know, leaders of organizations. And I'm not from um, sort of what I call a traditional consulting background. You know, I come from very much a, a working class background and slightly different to what you would kind of normally expect in that environment. And so I found it very difficult to be able to have those conversations and feel confident in those conversations. So one of the tools that I did cultivate, and actually this is what I often teach to people now, is I took on a little bit of a different persona. And what I said to myself was, well, who do I need to be in order to be confident in this situation? Mm. And that allowed me, and what I thought about was, well, what does this person believe? How do they act? What do they do? How do they dress? And when I would go into that sort of environment, I would put on this persona. I would essentially just pretend I was this person. Now, over time, obviously, I don't need to do that anymore because I've done something so much that it's, of course, I don't have the confidence issue with it anymore. But it's a really good tool, actually, to be able to just put someone else on for a moment, empower yourself, and then be able to feel more confident almost immediately in in a different situation. Yeah, I like to call it fake it till you make it, right? Because sometimes you don't have that confidence, you don't have that willpower to actually do those things. And so you're like, well, I know this person and this is what they would have said or what would this person have done? And like, you have to really embody those actions, do those things until you can internally inside yourself really feel like, okay, I can do this. This is who I am. You talked about something that many times when we're working in a corporate realm, and we have managers that are toxic, we really, they kind of, it flows away from us and it's boundaries, right? So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've learned is a lot of times when you as a person don't have boundaries, you accept things from other people because they don't have boundaries either. And so you Mm -hmm. don't understand like, 
I'm in this place because I have this fence open and I'm just letting everything flow in and out and that other person is letting things flow in and out. So as somebody is really thinking about, you know, being in a toxic workplace and establishing some boundaries, what are some good steps that you can tell them to take the first step to really start establishing that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing you need to do is understand what your boundaries are. Mm. (laughs) So take yourself out of the situation, get clear on what is and what is not acceptable for you. First of all, write down. What I then would say is start small. And start slowly establishing boundaries because the one thing that will happen when we begin to set boundaries with people is that it will likely be uncomfortable, both for them and for you. Like there is a moment of generally silence of of when something is received between two people. And so you have to feel confident knowing that that will happen and being able to sit in that feeling of uncomfortability, essentially. So know that this is going to happen and and anticipate it. What I then also say to people is learn to deal with the pause and implement the pause. So for example, if I set a boundary with you, you might not say anything for a moment because it is a different response to what you have expected of me in the past. Mm -hmm. And so firstly, then I need to be prepared for that and deal with that and sit with that because it's going to feel uncomfortable inside, (laughs) I promise you, for a moment. And then learn to not say anything and pause because it will be natural for us to jump in and try and say, oh, no, no, actually, don't worry. Don't worry, I'll do it. The next thing that I would tell someone to do is be clear about that you could take, for example, if you're my boss or manager and you want me to take on an additional project, for example, I might say to you, absolutely, I would love to do that, but this I won't have capacity to do X, Y, Z that I'm already doing. What would you like me to prioritize? Put it on them as well and put some of the responsibility back on them. Mm. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is the first Mm -hmm. key. I literally told my eight-year-old this recently. I said, I need you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. He was like, mommy, what does that even mean? (laughs) I was like... I need you to be okay when it feels yucky a little bit. When you're like, I don't like this, right? Because we so often want to like push, push, push. And then like you have to learn to advocate for yourself, right? If you don't advocate for yourself, then nobody else will. If you don't stand up and say to your manager, to your leader, like, that's not okay. I need Mm -hmm. to kind of roll this back. Nothing will ever change. So once you left that corporate realm and you said you became a nomad, so talk to us about you, you being a nomad. What does that mean? What did you do during that time? Absolutely. So it was a bit of a journey. <laughs> so I left corporate at the end of 2020. And as you do, got on a plane to Mexico and stayed for five months. <laughs> um, and that's where I established my, my consulting business, essentially. And from that point, I was able to work remotely which meant that I was able to travel all over the world. So from Mexico into Europe, to various different places, and then out to South Africa, which I, is where I'm currently. And it's just been a phenomenal journey, really. It's allowed me to do the work that I love, obviously support organizations, but also support women in tech as well, and do it on my terms, which is something that I didn't think was possible and wasn't necessarily available to me in corporate. Mm. 
So you literally kind of just took this journey of like, I'm just going to book a one-way ticket somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Halfway right. across the world. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just going to just start doing. So what were those first days like when you realized you were like, okay, I'm out of corporate and now it's all on me and mm-hmm. I'm in a whole different place. What were some of those thoughts that you had? Oh, it was terrifying. The whole thing was terrifying. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I've given up an apartment in London, a great apartment. I've given up my whole life. I've given up a well-paying job (laughs) with, you know, very much on the track, you know, forward, no doubt about it. And um, the answer is that it was scary. You know, you don't necessarily know where your clients are coming from. You have to get really resourceful, rely on your network, just get busy, you know, and make it happen. And... um, Yeah, the honest answer is that that required a lot of confidence cultivating. (laughs) Mm. You literally had to step into what you teach people, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because people think being an entrepreneur is glamorous. And yes, there are definitely the perks. But you know, at the end of the month, when you have to pay bills, there's no company writing you a check. Mm -hmm. You are writing your own check. There's no (laughs) one saying if you get sick, oh yeah, just take a week off uh, paid. Like, nope, you got to figure that out. So (laughs) there are definitely the positives of being your own boss, marching to the beat of your own drum. But especially Mm -hmm. when you first start out, it is a very, very scary prospect, right? Of like, I don't, I don't know, like, am I going to have a client next month? Am I not going to get a new client? You know, like, how is this going to get done? How is that going to get done? Your focus today is really empowering women in the tech space. Talk to us about why that is such your passion. Absolutely. I think, you know, that goes back to some of the conversation that we've had already about my own experience in tech, because I know that tech is an incredible industry. You know, there are so many amazing opportunities and, you know, the work that I do specifically and the work, a lot of the opportunities out there are fun. You know, it's a good place to be, but we have this problem in tech that we have, you know, not enough women in industry at all. We have very few women in leadership positions and I want people to understand that these opportunities are available to them and that they can get them and that they can achieve what they want to in this industry and there's so much available. Now, obviously the other part of that is helping organizations understand what they need to do to support the women as well. So it's twofold, but that's essentially where that comes from. Just that there's so much available to people and I just want people to know about it. Mm. It's the secret sauce in the middle, right? It's like, okay, more women need to know like, hey, these things are here for you, but the organizations have to support them. And when I talk about, a lot of people talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, I always talk about, I'm like, yeah, 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 you attract people. You're decently attracting women, people of color into Mm -hmm. these spaces, but you're not retaining them and you're not promoting them. That is the problem. And so that is what we have to focus on. We have to focus on empowering the women to use their voice, find their voice, deal with conflict, be able to speak up for themselves. And also Mm -hmm. the companies have to support those women in those spaces. Yeah, absolutely, because it doesn't matter how much companies do it, and organizations mainly need to do 10 times more than they are doing already, if not more than that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much they do. If they don't empower the women on the other side of that, then it's a little bit futile because feeling confident, feeling empowered enables us to take action and put our thoughts into action and into reality. And so if women don't have that intrinsically within themselves 
they will never go for the promotion opportunities that they want to. They'll never step up and lead teams, even if they have all the you know, support, as we put it, in the world from the organization. So both, like you said, need to go hand in hand together. Absolutely. It is, like I said, it's that secret sauce in the middle where the mm-hmm. individual contributors, as well as the leaders and the company, both align on what they want for people. So when you're working with clients, what is the thing that they say that, man, Charlotte gives us this. This is the thing that we really enjoy getting from working with her. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is tools. They're like, oh, wow, you gave us tools that we can implement just now. Great. Mm. But what I also help people do is embody knowledge. So not just know what confidence is, but actually be able to build an actual confident self, (laughs) you know, something that is long lasting that will be able to take them forward. So what I generally get is comments around like, wow, I really feel this. And that's the point, right? It's not just to know about confidence, it's to be able to feel it and be confident. Mm, So embodying not just the word, right? Just actually feeling it. And so for me, you know, I always, I have these words that I give different definitions to. And so I'm wondering if you have, what is your definition of confidence? Yeah, my definition of confidence, and I think I've, I've just mentioned it really, but it is confidence is the ability for us to take thought and put it into action. And put simply, that's it. It's what makes us move and progress in a direction. And without confidence, without that feeling of empowerment, we stay stagnant and we stay stuck and stay small. And I don't want that for any woman, frankly. I love it. It is taking, putting your thoughts into action. That's a nice little nugget that I think the audience can use that to be like, okay, confidence. I need to have confidence in this moment. That is taking my thoughts and putting them into action. And so I know that you have had a very dynamic career. Um, You've done a lot of stuff um, because I can't even imagine just picking up and saying, I'm moving halfway across the world for five months. (laughs) So share something with us in your life, personally or professionally, Mm -hmm. that has impacted the way that you show up today. Wow. Okay. What an interesting question. Yeah, I think, I mean... It's a whole life thing, isn't it? It's all of your past experiences that contribute to who you are today, mm-hmm. for sure. But I think if there's anything significant that it is, it is a couple of things, actually. The first thing is from a mental perspective. You know, I've had a couple of wonderful mentors in the past that have really influenced the way that I show up in work and in life as someone that is caring and empathetic. And I'm very grateful for those people. The other thing I think is that ability to be able to feel fear and just go for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something that has always kind of been a feeling that's inherent within me. Even when I was younger, you know, I I got on a plane when I was, you know, my late teens and just with a suitcase and went to New York and um, figured it out for a little bit. And that has shaped who I am, that feeling and that ability to say, I'm terrified but actually I'm going to give it a go anyway. Mm. Um, And it has made me, well, definitely confident, but also resilient and able to take on lots of different opportunities and live a really, honestly, at this point, a a pretty great life, if I'm honest. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love how Charlotte's 18 year old self is still the same person that I'm talking to today, right? It's like, yeah, yeah I can figure it out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Exactly. So you shared a lot of great insight and you mentioned tools. Mm -hmm. Tools are the thing that really help people move the needle. Do you have yeah. any kind of free gifts or any tools that you want to share with my audience? Yeah, absolutely. So the first tool I, I mentioned already that's great. So take on that persona, right? If you are feeling uncomfortable with something, build out someone else and just step into that person. Have a good think about who they are, what their beliefs are, what they dress like, who you need to be to be able to be your most confident and empowered self and do that. Another thing that I like people to do and think about is all of their past achievements. Because I don't care who you are, you have done great things in the past that you did not think you were capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Write a list of them, write them down and pull on them when you need them. So they're just a couple of kind of little tidbits that the audience can take. What I also have is, as you mentioned, a free gift as well, which is a hundred free resources to empower women in tech guides. So that is about 32 pages long and it is just full of podcasts, it's full of events, networks, books, all of the good things that will help women feel empowered within their tech career. Awesome. That is absolutely amazing. And the link to access the 100 free resources will be in the show notes. So I would say as an action item, I love giving action items um, to the audiences, at least tap into one of those resources. If you tap into just one, it's going to help you have a support network. It's going to help you feel empowered. It's going to give you the confidence that you need to show up and do the things that you need to do each and every day. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Charlotte. This has been such a wonderful conversation really about um, your journey and helping everybody understand how to put their thoughts into action by being confident. So tell us what is the one best way that people can get in contact with you if they would like to? Yeah, sure. You can find me at charlottefuller.com. It's pretty simple. I'm also charlottefuller underscore tech on Instagram as well. So you can find me there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, your talent, and your expertise today. Pleasure. So great to speak to you. Thank you again. And that was another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Remember, in all that you do every day, transform your sales. Until next time.